They're talking about issues that matter to them. They are being clear about the actions that they want to be taken. And they're asking our government very specifically for what they want. And these are young teenagers and they're doing this and they're organizing and they're like showing up. And this just shows how engaged Gen Z is. on average read 60 books per year. Many of them attribute their professional success to this persistent quest for new wisdom and innovative excellence. MentorBox makes it easy for you to develop that same high-achieving habit of lifelong learning. As a person of action, you know that true ingenuity is the result of deep, deep knowledge. And just by listening to this podcast, you are working toward your goals every single day. If you're ready to wholly embrace this mindset, this 1% better every single day, then check in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes. And if you want to dive deeper into the teachings of our guests, become a member at MentorBox.com today. There, we'll be uploading a course from Maxine Marcus. Maxine is the CEO and founder of The Ambassador's Company. And get this, she started the company when she was just 16 years old. Ambasco does consultations from the point of view of Generation Z, the teens. They seek to inform companies of the rapidly growing and increasingly powerful cohort of current teenagers. Maxine explains exactly what makes today's teens a uniquely powerful market and sociopolitical force for change. As digital and internet natives, Gen Zers have strong aptitudes for independent research and opinion formulating. And according to Maxine, this is something generations like my own, the millennials, and many others must take note of right now. Enjoy. Hello, 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 and welcome to the MentorBox podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Lay, content coordinator of MentorBox, and today I'm speaking with Maxine Marcus. She is the CEO and founder of The Ambassadors Company, and this is particularly cool because she is only 18 years old and has not even gotten off to college yet, though she is going soon to USC. That's right? Yeah, USC. Congratulations on Thank that. You. That's Thank a, you. That's a huge deal. So the Ambassadors Company, you focus on and are a member of Gen Z, correct? Mm-hmm. Can you define this mysterious Generation Z for me? Because I am a millennial, so I'm, I'm a bit out of the loop as to yeah. what you guys are. <laughs> yeah. So Gen Z is basically teenagers. There's like different years that different people say Gen Z is between. But I think the consensus is essentially like if you were born between like 96 and now, essentially. So yeah, it's that's just, what I saw in my cursory yeah. research. Yeah, so it's just teenagers. And Gen Z has grown up with technology. We had cell phones very young that gave us access to information, it had a touch point with like this massive, massive database of information. So we're able to really develop opinions young and have this connection to all of our, you know, different communities and to our friends and really be constantly involved and in the know. So um, we're a very, very engaged generation um, in almost every dimension because of this. One thing that I heard you say earlier when I was eavesdropping on your presentation, the, the way I actually found Maxine was she was presenting nearby the MentorBox HQ and I was intrigued by her pitch to the to the 
fellow company that was there. So I said hi and pulled her up for a podcast. And here we are. Here we but are. <laughs> I, I heard you say that one sort of phenomenon that you've noticed is that if your mother or if your parents say something to you that's, you know, like a claim or a statement, you don't feel any problem kind of saying like, hey, I've been able to do some research on what you're talking about. And like, mm-hmm. this is how I feel. And totally. and that's like a valid thing because you do at that young age have like very broad access to information through the internet. Mm-hmm. I can say like a good majority of kids in my middle school had access to the internet in high school. Like there was still, I didn't really have it in high school. I had like very slow internet. So I'd say that until like my junior year, I wasn't really like actively on the internet, which is I think abnormal. But I would say that it's like, it's ingrained in you from a very young age. And I feel like that probably has to do with this, you know, this ability to treat elders differently in a way and and just treat political conversation and public discourse differently. Totally. I mean, we are, we were just discussing this. I mean, we saw it with the Parkland shooting. It's Mm -hmm. like the students rallying, they're on the news, they're talking about issues that matter to them. They are being clear about the actions that they want to be taken and they're asking our government very specifically for what they want. And these are young teenagers and they're doing this and they're organizing and they're like showing up. And this just shows how engaged Gen Z is. Like the fact that they did that. I mean, think of how many tragedies there's been over time. When have you seen a young generation rally the way that they did? And it just shows that Gen Z is like engaged and we're ready to be a part of business of politics of, you know, we're entrepreneurial. Our generation is super engaged. And because of this access to information, we're able to form these opinions. And like you just said, I mean, with the parents, like, yes, you know, teenagers are very influenced by parents' views. You know, family is still the biggest political socializer, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that we aren't forming our own opinions and we are. And because of technology, we're forming these opinions sometimes before we hear the opinions of our parents. And so we're gaining this insight and we're gaining these, you know, different viewpoints from our friends, from our communities. And we're taking that and we're able to really reference that with the information that we learn and that we look up and that we are, are really acquiring ourselves. It, it sounds like a more broad synthesis totally. of, of what's yeah. being, you know, right. distributed by the media and all kinds of different sources Definitely. along with the community. and everything. Definitely. And not only that, because of this access to information, Gen Z is super, you know, opinionated with everything, including brands, including, you know, the companies we like, including the types of apps we use. I mean, we are developing this young because of this trial and error that we really have at such a young age because of technology. Mm-hmm. So, And this is really what the Ambassadors Company yeah, is about, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's about... So we are a Gen Z consulting and insight company that focuses on providing our clients the honest and raw and articulate Gen Z perspective on many different things. I mean, we work with clients in all different types of industries. We, you know, run at-home tests with a group of 25 to 40 ambassadors. We have a network of over 150 ambassadors, all of whom who are articulate, they're engaged, they're excited, and um, they're really in tune with our generation. And we provide a full comprehensive insight into our generation as well as providing suggestions and ideas and, um, you know, real game plans moving forward for our clients. And so we work with most of them pretty long term. Mm 
Mm-hmm. What are some other key characteristics that you would say belong to Gen Z other than, you know, the ability and right. willingness to be opinionated? And I would also say like really brave and bold. Yeah, I <laughs> like agree. Totally. The fact that the part yeah. folks are out there doing that, but also you like starting a company when you're like 16 years old, yeah. that's pretty bold and brave. And I'm not the only, like what's crazy is I'm like not the only one. I mean, there are so many young people that are doing such crazy cool things. I mean, I have friends, like one of my friends, like literally was on the design team for DoorDash. And I have friends that are like doing really crazy cool things. Actually, I have a, a marketing partner on the East coast that does Gen Z marketing and, uh, they carry out actual marketing plans for Gen Z. They, they, we are partner on tons of projects. The, their founder is like 16 was 16 when he founded it. Yeah. I mean, he is, um, his, he's one of my partners. His name is Jake. We've been working together for a while now. Also really young, like going into college right now too. And he's from Pennsylvania. So it's like you can just see like across the country there's this kind of stuff happening too. Yeah, I, I think it's probably safe to say that, you know, every generation has its entrepreneurs and that yeah. sort of thing. But it really appears to me from what you're saying and from what I've, you know, seen mm-hmm. in the news and elsewhere that Gen Z is – they're doing it for like specific sort of planetary and social reasons in a lot of cases. And what I understand from other generations of entrepreneurs and even just business creators is, you know, it's much more focused on perhaps like community development and, you know, betterment of the community, but also very, you know, centered on the self and and creating, you know, a life for one's immediate insular group and that sort of thing. But it really sounds like what you guys are doing is developing like larger planetary initiatives in a lot mm-hmm. of cases like you're dealing you know you're presenting gen z to companies like you're presenting the teens yeah and that's a lot yeah that's and a we're lot working to feel and think. yeah and we're like working with companies directly on very specific projects i mean we we work with a, t- a big range of clients we've worked with meundies you know they're an underwear brand we worked with them for a while we work with a lot of different startups with soundhound they just launched their snap integration which is really really cool oh, wow. yeah that literally came out today which is awesome <laughs> um you know we work with different study apps lots of different social media apps music platforms i mean we work with skincare we're working with neutrogena and clean and clear which has been really fun and really cool. So, you know, we're also giving a voice to teenagers to really be reviewing, giving their opinions, giving their ideas in this direct form. And, you know, our process allows for them to really be comfortable while doing so. And that allows them to really, you know, voice their insights in a way that is digestible by clients. And when we come back, you know, we work as a group to come up with ideas and feedback and consensus. And we come back to our clients with these reports that just allows them to really understand and gain this feedback, you know, in a very honest manner and and have this 360 view into a demographic that they probably would not understand otherwise. Yeah. And that's so, going to be very significant in the near future if it isn't already, which it, yeah, it is. Right. Buying power there in the future. Oh, yeah. More. I mean, the buying power of Gen Z is in insane and like we're already 25% of the US population. Yeah. Which is crazy. That's I mean, really weird. Really to think weird. For me. Like I'm I'm kind of confused by that actually. I'm like, how? Yeah, I'm still yeah. like, oh millennials are getting beat down by the you know the other generations. Yeah. But now there's like another one that I can start to beat down. And then on. I actually <laughs> read an article that literally referenced the generation after Gen Z uh, already. And I was like much. I was like what? <laughs> what is this? Yeah, I, I don't even remember the name, but my dad sent it to me and we were like, what? Yeah, it's like when a yeah. good movie comes out and people are like, oh man, it's going to get like six sequels. It's going to be a trilogy. It's like, relax. Yeah, like, it's like it we're time. not even done yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I want to tell you something that I hope is really encouraging to your whole platform here. Uh-huh. So um, in 
my time at MentorBox, I've met with a couple of folks who deal with social media and in particular apps and sort of what they do to our brains. Yeah. <laughs> so Nir Eyal, he wrote the book Hooked. He has taught at Stanford and he does a lot of research on habit formation uh-huh. and especially with technology and the sort of steps that create that psychologically for people that, you know, yield very popular good apps. And then Sherry Turkle, who is an MIT professor, she wrote the book Reclaiming Conversation, and she studies exactly, you know, what technology has been doing to our brains over time and how it changes attention span, how it changes social culture, and just how it changes everything, the world Mm -hmm. at large, because technology has done incredible things in the past, you know, just decade even. Totally. I can remember a time when Twitter handles weren't on every single television news broadcast and it was just their names. Now it's like every single thing has a social media reference point. Right. Um, that's so true. I know. <laughs> it's and weird it's to like, see things like yeah, that. it's like that's how I get my news by like knowing what Trump tweeted. Like yeah. what? Yeah, yeah that's I, that's how we get our news now. What? When I was eighteen, <laughs> Twitter was like I mean it was obviously a big thing, but it wasn't like I, I don't think that people had their Twitter handles like on TV yet at that point. I think people were like, I don't know if it's going to take off. And then it did. Yeah, and now it's everywhere. yeah very so true. The reason I brought up those two people, Niriel and Sherry Turkle, is because they both and I, I met with both of them back to back in New York City for a shoot. We put them on the platform and everything. They both agreed. They both said that they think that the teenagers are going to make the change that needs to happen to. Yeah to save society from its like addiction to technology or it's like unhealthy right. habit forming and just totally apps that that aren't doing great in the sort of just abuse of those sorts of things. They both said it really seems to me like it's teenagers who are deliberately saying, okay, like I see that first of all, like my mom is posting stuff on Facebook and that's <laughs> embarrassing. So like I don't know. And then like, oh, these advertisements are pretty you know, questionable. And there's all this Mm -hmm. questioning going on around Facebook right now, but also that just like, it's better to just speak to people in person than be on your phones when you're out to meals and things like that. And they actually both think that essentially your generation is going to start to change the culture. Would you agree with that? It's a, it's a broad. That's no, that's a really interesting question. I've never been asked that before. Um, Are you going to save the world? I know we're going to save the world. (laughs) It's a big weight on our generation. No, but I actually agree. So I actually do agree with that in some ways. There's some like caveats I would throw in. I I think that, um, so whenever I'm out to, you know, a meal or if I'm like hanging out with friends and we're grabbing dinner or lunch, we're like never on our phones, almost never. I mean, or we'll just say, okay, wait, I need to just do this really quick. And we'll like both take a phone break and we'll both be on our phones. But very rarely am I like talking to a friend and they're on their phone. When that happens, I honestly feel pretty offended. And I feel like most people do. It's like, hi, hello. Like, am I talking to a wall? So I don't think that, I think like the conception that Gen Z is this like phone addicted generation is probably true. Like we are. I mean, I feel naked without my phone, yeah. literally. I would say the same and about Yeah. Phone. If I like don't have my phone on me, I'm like, I feel like helpless. I yes. feel like. <laughs> I could I, die right now. Yeah. I'm like, I am no. like, I don't know. What, I like lose my identity. Like, I don't even know who I am anymore. Like I need it. It's like my arm. But with that being said, it's not like that it is our identity. Like, it's not like. I need to be on my phone 24 seven. It's more of the type of thing. I just need it with me. It's like this attachment to the device attachment to what's on it. But I mean, I can go a meal without looking at my phone. No problem. Like if I'm in a conversation with a friend, I know not to be on my phone. And if I'm, you know, focused on the moment, 
it's important not to be on your phone. And I genuinely feel like our generation knows that. Like, I think that we are engaged with people. I think that it's a misconception that we're this like disengaged generation that's like only on our phones. Cause that's not true. Like we really are there and we're present and we do want to pay attention. I mean, yes, we put a lot of pressure on social media and we do put a lot of weight on it, but that does not take away from our like human connections that we do really like make sure we cultivate. And I would say something else you mentioned is like kind of having the radar and like when technology is going too far Mm -hmm. and noticing. And I think that that's really, and I wanted to bring up something that's like kind of has to do with this, but doesn't. So, you know, like 13 reasons why season two came out and it was like all this controversy. And like, as a teenager, it's like you watch it and you're like, wow, (laughs) like, you know, it's, it's a lot. But what I think is so cool is that shows like this are being made and conversations like this are happening and the detection of like negative energy, I feel like is so much better. And so many celebrities like play into that too on social media, like on comments. And like, it's always like praised when celebrities kind of like snap back at someone that's negatively talking about them on social media. Like it's a thing where people do want to spread positivity. I genuinely feel that. I think that technology can be used for really, really great things and also really negative things. Mm-hmm. Like hate is very easy to spread oh, yeah. because hate is something that people like somehow are attracted to. I mean, I would say on average, like think about it this way. If you're at school in a high school, people talk way more about like the negative drama, like that will spread a lot faster than something positive that somebody's done. Mm -hmm. You know, like if something happened between like two friends and there was like a blow up fight and like everyone witnessed it, like that will spread like wildfire versus like, Oh, like, you know, this person did this nice thing today. Like no one like talks about that as much, you know? And that's something where I feel like the conversation has kind of shifted on social media where like people are, because it's so obvious on social media, like you can read it and you can see it. I feel like people are starting to kind of, especially Gen Z is like starting to kind of move in the, in a positive direction and like detect it and be like, this is not okay. And we are going to change that. Hey, so sorry to interrupt this conversation with Maxine Marcus, but I want to let you know where you can get some more insights on Gen Z from Maxine. We plan to shoot a full video workshop with her in our studio But per usual, that will be made exclusively for MentorBox members. If you want to catch that and much, much more, be sure to sign up at MentorBox.com today. All right, back to the show. I think there's a good amount of research on this, too, like how up-to-date and how valid is. is, I'm not totally sure, but I have read about, I mean, humans are attracted to human tragedy and that sort of thing. We're not quite on the level of tragedy, but I definitely think there's something to be said about the fact that people can be attracted to the idea that, oh, somebody else made a mistake that I easily could have made but didn't. I and, didn't, and that's yeah. like that's attractive. Like, oh, I, you know, I got away with this or just that sort of thing. And I think that leads to like a culture that, that emphasizes negativity sometimes. And I think like over time that has kind of become a trend and that's what we see on Twitter yeah. and on social media. Oh, totally. Sort of I mean, especially with all the political polarization. I mean, yeah. just like it's so apparent. I think that Gen Z is going to change a lot of this. I mean, this is what I want to remind. Like everyone is like a lot of us just turned 18. Like my year, you know, I, my year, I was born in 2000. I'm 18. I, our year is huge. Like my grade is massive. 
the class high school class of 2018 was a huge, huge, huge year because 2000 was a year of the baby boomers. So all a bunch of us just turned 18. My whole year can now vote. I mean, it's crazy. I'm I'm happy um, you were talking about this because literally there was an we all just voted like very recently, mm-hmm. and all my friends were like posting on social media. They were like, oh my God, like I voted with their little stickers. And it was like a thing where everyone was like talking about it and doing it and posting about it. And it was like this exciting thing that we were all sharing with each other on social media. And like, clearly people are excited. Like we, once again, we are excited to get involved and to vote. And so, um, you know, we're not, we're not afraid to have our voices heard no matter what it is. That's interesting because it, it also sounds like you guys are, you have a plan as to how you follow up with those things and, and communicate about it, which is, you know, posting like on social yeah. media and that sort of thing. I really feel, and this could be like a broad generalization, but I think in general, you know, I, I grew up in a time where like people were, I mean, some of these social media sites and platforms were like just coming out when I was of the age where it's normal to have these things now. And we were kind of figuring out, like, what's cool, what isn't cool, what's appropriate, what isn't. Like, what should you be posting and what shouldn't you? And now you guys kind of have, like, a strong reference point like right. from, you know, older generations as to, like, what is, like, dangerous and what what's effective and what's important. But it also sounds like you just you just assume that, like, activity that you see as important, that you see as significant in the in the public realm or to the world – should be shared, should be posted about, and, like, should be communicated totally. and, and shared yeah. you know, among different communities. That yeah, sort of I mean, I had friends asking me, like, who I voted for and, like, why? Like, mm-hmm. there was, like, I mean, it was a conversation. It totally yeah. is. And I think that's something that's, again, like, unique to our generation. It's, like, I feel like a lot of conversations that people were scared to have before, we are not scared to have because of the fact that, A, our access to information, and also because our, this time is so polarizing – Things are coming out right now. Like, okay, the whole like sexual assault Me Too thing. One of the things I found so interesting about how this all came to surface now, because clearly this has been happening for a very right, long it's been time. Forever. Forever, yeah. right? And it's like only now that people are talking about it. And what I was noticing is like, okay, people are talking about it now. Our generation, we didn't. Gen Z, we haven't been alive for that long. We weren't there while it was being like hidden and suppressed. To us, it's just obviously like, wow, that's awful. Like, how did it take this long? So for us, these types of conversations are just so blatantly obvious. It's like, obviously this is horrible because we haven't been, we haven't experienced the social, you know, notion that it's okay to suppress this kind of stuff for years and years and years. Like we just see it come out and we're like, there we go. Like, that's right. You know, like we wanted to see it come out. So our generation is not as scared to talk, have these tough conversations Mm -hmm. because we are not like used to having, we don't have these years and years and years of experience of just living in a world where it's being suppressed. Mm -hmm. Um, And this might be along the lines of what I was talking about with you just being a more bold generation and feeling emboldened around these things. But something that just came into my mind is that do you see this as perhaps a potentially 
a potential catalyst to like more vitriolic political debates if oh, yeah. the, if this generation is more willing to really like jump out and be like, hey, this is wrong, this is bad. Like it's going to happen from both oh, sides totally. essentially. And so that's okay. <laughs> are we going to divide part, even farther? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I think that our generation is more willing to listen to each other. That's, that's also very important. That's important. I mean, I know I for one am very willing. I mean, I obviously I have my views and I feel very strongly about them, but I will never tell someone else that they can't think what they think or believe what they believe. That's totally their right. And, you know, it's, it's something where that's kind of how I've, I think a lot of Gen Z has that point of view where it's like, we are more willing to listen again, because we have so many touch points. There's so many different like types of people. We are more accepting as a whole, I would say. Just because we're more used to this. And I mean, obviously, I am a unique, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. Like, this is a melting pot. Like, I really did get more of a, an experience where, you know, we're in a community where there's, like, so much diversity and, like, so many different types of people. I think that despite that, because of social media, even if you live in a smaller town where there may not be, like, as many as much diversity, you still have touch points, you know? And that's like where our generation is different as I truly feel like people aren't as isolated as they used to be. Sure. Yeah. Another thing that I heard you say in response to a question during your presentation was that you feel as if generation Zers wouldn't feel, wouldn't have a problem with trying to, or wouldn't have a problem with leaving a company that flubs something or does something that that it finds wrong, even if they love the product or the service that they offer that Gen Z wouldn't have a problem just like dropping that company because yeah. of you know something about the brand or like a political stance or something that goes wrong. Is that true? Did I yeah, hear that right? Yeah, that's true. I think that, again, it depends on the person. Like some people might just be like, no, like I love this. <laughs> like I'm so, it totally depends on the person. But as a whole, I mean, I would say once again, like one of the things I always say is people buy into the brand, especially our generation. We buy into the brand. So if all of a sudden we don't want to represent that brand anymore, we're going to find one that we want to represent. So it's less like a, it's, it's, it, everything that we buy, everything that we do, the things we put on our body, like how we look, a lot of it, it's our personal brand, social media, what we put out to the world. We're kind of curating like our presence. And, and I think that we are not afraid to make that very obvious to our friends, to our family, to the people around us. And that does have to do with what brands we are purchasing and buying and, and being a part of. I think that, you know, I was saying this, there was like we the example that we gave earlier was like Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. and how, you know, there was a girl in my government class who's very outspoken about her political views. Very, very, she's very brave, you know, and she's not afraid to speak. And I would say she's very typical Gen Zer because of that. She's a great representation of Gen Z, you know, not afraid to speak. And she was like giving our class a speech on why none of us should go to Chick-fil-A ever again, because they are, you know, anti-gay. Apparently that's, that was what she said. She said, I haven't done any research on this. <laughs> but I think the CEO th- I think like so. two years ago. Yeah said something that was very problematic in, yeah, that, in that direction. Right. So she basically was like, everyone needs to disown Chick-fil-A. And um, I found that really brave, like that, you know, people in our generation are not afraid to 
hold brands accountable also for their brands and for their images and for what they're putting out. Like it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, there's on both sides, like people are able to resonate with the message of the companies that they're, you know, purchasing and buying into. Mm -hmm. I want to ask one more question before I, I let you go here. I, I do feel as if I and much of my generation is also empowered to to think about brands this way, but I feel as if we are have so many of these things ingrained in our identities because of the way that we are like discovering them and kind of giving them identities like right. social media and those things. Like we were figuring out how to use those at the same time that they were coming into existence. I really think that kind of ingrains a lot of the communication and socialization aspects into our identities. At least that's how I feel and some of my friends feel. Right. And that makes it really hard for me, even if I strongly disagree with what a company does or a platform or something, the CEO, I have a, I have trouble, you know, divorcing that from myself. Like I, I can say like, oh, I hate this and I don't like this person. I don't have a problem when it's like an individual artist or something. Like I could stop listening to somebody's music yeah. or I can stop doing something that's like not embedded in my, my identity. But that's how I feel about certain apps and certain services. And it, one thing that I think is a really important question, now that things are so divisive politically, is how do you feel about silence? So there are crazy things going on all the time. Somebody oh, yeah. says something crazy. You know, there's accusations of all kinds of discrimination. And more often than not, these things are very real concerns. But so often certain parties or certain companies are just their their sort of PR response is to just keep silent and just like wait it out because they know that as long as they haven't taken a side, it's it's unlikely that they'll lose like followers and that sort of thing. But I yeah. see us going in a direction where everybody has to because of the accessibility of information and because of the crazy accusations of what certain sides on the political spectrum are doing, that everybody has to have a stance because yeah. everything is political now. How do you feel? Right. Does your generation see silence as a specific, you know, tactic? Or anything I personally like that? don't. I mean, I think that it really depends on, you know, what it is. Because if it has to do in any way, shape, or form with anything political, I think silence is is not a good thing in that case. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say it's you know it's fair that a company could be or a person could be silent because they're educating themselves, and that's the safest thing to do in the process of educating right. oneself. Right. But I get. The feeling that like these days, massive corporations, like they don't like they're old enough, big enough people that right. they don't need to be like fully educated on some things. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, it's it's reasonable to ask people to respond to things, which the yeah. media seems to do. Well, I think when days. things when it when it warrants a response, I think there needs to be a response. Yeah. It's important to also keep some separation because to be honest, like all this political stuff can kind of like make you go crazy. Oh, yeah. Like it's I was literally telling you, like very, it can like literally make a part of your like soul die if yeah. you focus too hard on it. Because it can like labor. Yeah, no matter <laughs> what unreal. side you're on, if you're like that frustrated all the time, it's like a serious stressor. So I think in some ways, it's important for brands to have that separation in order to just have the separation, mm -hmm. you know? But I think that's a that, health concern. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but health. also, I think for like people, like Gen Z, yes, we're engaged politically, but it's not like all we think about. I mean, there's so many things that we're focused on these days. I mean, oh, yeah. branding wise, like, we're we're a very positive generation. That's good. You know, that's and it's like it's it's entrepreneurial. I know. <laughs> it's Yay. like, oh, that's a relief. Um, <laughs> you know, we're entrepreneurial. We're excited about, you know, brands and like there's all these brands that took off this year, like clothing wise. Like we're very into like, you know, 
the the vibe and the presence we're putting out. So I think that our focus is also very like not on that as well. And so it's important to be able to focus on messaging and stuff that just makes us feel good, you know? But I think that for when something does warrant a response, non-response is like kind of pathetic, you know, (laughs) just because it's It's like, come on. Yeah. I I agree. I fully agree. Yeah. And I, I just see it as like the future is going to bring much more of that like solicitation of, Hey, how do you feel about this event? Or like, like if you need, if there's a situation in which there needs to be a response from a corporation, like they should, because that, if they don't, then it's kind of like, okay, what are you hiding? Or like, what are you, you know? And, but, but that's, that's in a very specific situation where, you know, where if it warrants it. But if not, I think that sometimes just, you know, companies being sep- having separation from it is a good thing. Yeah, I like that view a lot. Yeah. All right, well, we can finish up. Do you want to give our listeners the opportunity to reach out to you or to find yes, you on social definitely. media? Please um, do. The Ambassadors Company website. Just Yeah, yeah. Like. Okay, so I, um, as, yeah, you already mentioned this, but I'm the CEO and founder. To reach me, um, you can email me at Maxine at ambasco.com and I will spell my name for you. So it's M-A-X-I-N-E at ambasco and that's A-M-B-A-S-S-C-O dot com. And uh, that's also our website handle, ambasco.com. So um, you can also reach out to us directly on our website. You know, Google is also a good thing. If you just Google the ambassadors company, we pop right up. Yeah, and feel free to reach out to me directly if you have any questions about what we do, about we could potentially help you. If you just have any questions in general, more than happy to connect. So When I was researching you, I found a website that appears to indicate that you're also a musician. Yeah, oh my God. Okay, so... (laughs) Just in case you want to throw that in there. Yeah, a shameless plug. No, I'm not. So I don't make music anymore. When I was... Before I founded the Ambassadors Company. So I was like literally 14 when I did this. That's still super impressive. I was... (laughs) I think people should know. I was... um, So when I was 14, maybe 15. Oh my God, I can't even remember think probably 15. I um, made an album of all original songs with a producer that found me after a live performance. I'm a singer. I haven't made music in a long time. I made a couple, I was featured on a couple DJs songs. There's a DJ, local DJ called Slaptop. He does all the music for FIFA. I sang on one of his songs, which was in the FIFA video game. I think it was in the 2016 game. I don't know. I should double check. I'm going to go um, look that up. You should. It's, <laughs> but you do have a website that's dedicated to this somewhere in the I know. Web. And it's like kind of, I, it's like a very close image of my face and it kind of makes me uncomfortable. So <laughs> I, I, I was like, is this the right Maxine? No, it's I, don't go there if you're looking for business. MaxineMarcus.com. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I should probably change that, right? Because it's literally, it's like myname.com. Yeah, I think it is. Or when I Googled it, I'm pretty sure it was the first thing that came up. Yeah, it still is the first thing that comes up because it's like the most YouTube. It has like YouTube lessons and stuff, so it still is higher. Oh, that's cool. But though. anywho, <laughs> please go check out my company website. Um, and then, yeah, if you Google social my name. Social media handles. Yeah, so like social that. media on Instagram, I'm just Maxine Marcus. And then... LinkedIn. I'm Maxine Marcus. (laughs) My LinkedIn. My friends always make fun of me when I'm like on LinkedIn. They're like, you're such a grandma. And I'm like, you will be on LinkedIn in like four years. I'm still not totally into it. And I feel ashamed of that. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Cheers.
Thank you so much for listening to the MentorBox podcast. If you want to learn more about what our authors as well as all of our authors teach, make sure to sign up at MentorBox.com. And if you like the MentorBox podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review in Apple Podcasts as that helps us get discovered by more people who will enjoy and be helped by what we do over here at MentorBox. Also, if you think of anyone who would enjoy or be helped by what we do here at MentorBox, be sure to let them know. We do what we do at MentorBox to try to make the world a better place through the incredible education our authors bring. And we can only do that through your help. So please help us spread the word. Again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next MentorBox podcast.